1: This is j Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilbert's Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk.
2: I'm Mike Moscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. Will you say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort?
3: <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs>
2: Welcome to Down to Dunk, I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht, we're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today, for an unusual fry pod, I've got Jay, it's Jay, and McKelle on the fry pod. Michele, what's up?
1: Wow, it's, it's such an honor to be here. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing.
2: <laughs> oh man, something else that's amazing is the, uh, the all-star voting returns that... Uh, came in yesterday around noon Central Standard Time. Shea Gildas Alexander with 911,000 votes, only 4,000 votes behind John Morant for third in the West Guards. Uh, Pretty interesting. I don't think the votes are going to get Shea in as a starter, which is okay. But it's hard to ignore that number, especially when he's like so much higher, like almost 700,000 votes more than Devin Booker. Like that surprised me pretty significantly. Um, Jay, what did you, what did you see and what, what surprised you or what stood out?
4: Yeah, I think that it's encouraging because, you know, we have that kind of inferiority complex here in Oklahoma. And obviously we had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, both guys that, basically demanded attention nationally because of their play, because of their, the way they play. And so I think that we were all a little bit, and and maybe I'm speaking too generally, but it does feel like we were a little bit nervous that Shea would be somebody that no matter how much he developed, he might go under the radar a little bit as far as the national narrative. And, And I think that we've been able to see that he really has become a, kind of a household name and everybody's talking about him, uh, which is encouraging. And so that's, I think what it's either the fact that he has gained national attention in his play so far this year, or somehow like Andrew Wiggins, he is connected to K-pop. And so there's two (laughs) options here that have gotten him to this level. But I do think it's, I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy for assuming that, but I had kind of felt like man, is Shea going to get the attention that those guys did, you know, 10 years ago when they started, when Russ and Katie started getting into this conversation just because I mean, we're a losing team. Like we're intentionally not being good right now, but Shea that just speaks to how much his play is uh, transcendent at this point. The fact that he is that close and he really is like that being that close to John ja Morant. Cause I know, I mean, it's guard. So is it, I don't know, uh two, two. So guards. Only yeah. So he's not gonna get obviously into the starting lineup, but the fact that he's that close to Jaw is pretty unbelievable to me. The Booker one's not surprising, honestly, because the Suns have been so underwhelming, especially as of late. Booker's been yeah. injured a lot.
2: True.
4: Uh but it's just I don't a know. A lot it's, less. It's,
2: like it's just a lot, lot less.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've voted I've voted five hundred thousand times. <laughs> well, that makes sense.
2: I mean, he, Kyle Kuzma has more votes than Booker. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's kind of wild. Like, I don't know. Like, that's that's kind of weird to me that he would have. I mean, LaMelo Ball, who plays in Charlotte, has more votes
4: than Book. And hasn't played probably as many games. I bet they're similar as far as how many games yeah, they missed this yeah. year.
2: Yeah, LaMelo has missed a ton of time. Yeah.
4: yeah, so what would you be like? I know we're not a Phoenix podcast, but when you think about why Booker's voting is so low, like, what would be, is it the kind of the natural, I don't know, stink of the Suns organization at this point? Is it
2: It must he's just be. not a
4: superstar that makes people, he is a superstar, but not one that people think about? What is it?
2: I don't know. I think I'm they, kind of perplexed. they rose too fast. Say it they again. rose too like, fast? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then they, they let down in two consecutive seasons. Hmm. So, I mean, the bubble was amazing uh there was like a lot of momentum building up they made the finals and then it started to like dissolve a bit you know and i mean you want to sustain success that's why i mean um it's important to build the right way because if you if you jump and then you you are not able to sustain then your story is going to fade very quickly Uh, and i think that the suns are not a story this season they are middle of the pack on the good teams um i don't think that anyone is betting on them to be really the contender out of the western conference i mean denver has more um i think supporters golden state even the clippers so i mean the pelicans are a better a much better story than than the phoenix suns so i mean to me it's that and book is extremely good I mean, uh, it's not that he is playing bad or anything. It's just the entire Phoenix environment. It's not supporting him.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Thunder are three games back in the loss column yeah. of Phoenix right now, which yeah. seems Filed. insane. <laughs> they have nine. They have nineteen losses already this season, which is more than the Pacers. I mean, it's. I mean, I think that that probably has something to do with it, but they've lost a lot of games recently because he's been out as well. So,
4: yeah, they're three and seven in their last 10. Like, yeah, that I, I mean, it's we kind of talked about this as it feels like there's an expiration date on Chris Paul teams. Yeah. And, and he's also aging. Like, I don't know. He just feels like a very different player from what I've seen from him this year, too. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not been the Chris Paul that we've all known for a long time. Um, but Shea, I mean, I would be surprised if he didn't make the All Star game at this point. I mean, yeah. with, with that kind of support behind him, with the fans, I mean, everybody knows like when you're game planning for Shea, what he can do. He's one of the handful of guys averaging thirty points per game. I I think he's gonna be in salt lake which is pretty cool i mean it's just i mean i thought i thought it was still a little bit of a long shot to get him to the all-star game preseason. i know like joe masato predicted him to to make the all-star game i just didn't feel quite there yet but man, it's like it's a testament to like the work that he's put in and the improvement that he just continues to just get better it's pretty wild
1: yeah, and I also think that, um, I mean, fan vote is, what, 50% of yeah. the final vote? Um, to or... me, it's not crazy to to say that probably players will have him in the same ballpark as Moran, maybe higher, yeah. because of the way in which he gets points. I mean, players uh, like Durant, for example, rave about the way in which he uh, manipulates defenses and stuff like that. He's all craft. So um, I think that he has a shot to be maybe the third guard out of the western conference when he is when he's yeah. all said and done if he has a couple of good games um over the next few weeks maybe like a 50 point game or or something like that we should mm-hmm. like that will help him quite a lot so to me um i mean even if the fan voting will not put him in the top two because i mean it's it's impossible i mean those two, and and those two are deserving uh, yeah. i have no qualms like curry's gotta Curry, be healthy Lungy yeah yeah he should return though in a week yeah. or so so yeah. he should um, be back. so i mean it, it it's impossible to to place him above those two um but but uh, i mean f- for place number three in the east it's in the west it's going to be a challenge between uh, and ja and i don't see any coach uh like leaving him out when he's so close to the to the actual starting starting spot
2: yeah yeah i think that's right.
1: Pretty cool. Pretty
4: cool. Yeah, when do they do y'all know when they announce the reserves? Cause I know the All Star game is February seventeenth and nineteenth, but I'm like mm-hmm.
2: so you a couple weeks before that, I'm assuming. It's usually the week before I think that they do the reserves. Okay. And then okay. two weeks before is the you the starters will be announced. Okay. And then they do like the TNT who like the Durant-LeBron team or whoever it's going to be. That's probably who it's going to be again, where they'll pick. So that will be actually fun to tune in for. It's been fun to tune in for anyways. Like, last year was amazing, you know, because you had, like, the whole Harden stuff going on, and you had KD put in, like, the clipboard in front of his face. and I mean, that was was just, like, amazing theater. But it would be even cooler to see, like, where do they pick Shea? You know, who picks him? In what order is he picked? I'd assume that he'd be one that's picked, like not like the first like few picks, but I think he might get picked higher than people assume he would. So I'd be shocked to see him be like one of the last guys picked. I think that he'll
4: no, without question. You're you also draft big guys last because they're
1: boring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chase not boring. I I, no. I I bet it is he's KD is picking him.
2: Wouldn't and he will likely be
1: the captain of the Eastern Conference team, so
2: yeah. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah. Durant. It will be. It will be something. <laughs> when Kevin Durant picks Shay. <laughs> hopefully he just pronounces his name right. He's not Gilcrest or something.
1: No. He's pronouncing Bukushewski's name, right? So. That's true.
2: He yeah. Yeah. I don't he know. knows I don't man. know about LeBron, but Kevin, yeah.
1: Yeah, can you imagine LeBron going with Kilkers uh, on national TV? That um, <laughs> would be something. As I mean, to me, the craziest thing, craziest thing here is that Austin Reeves has more vote than there is Garland. Like, what is this? Right. Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> like, that's uh that's the L.A. But, bump.
1: Yeah, but Austin
2: Reeves, Lakers bump, man. Austin Reeves is a is a seriously, he's a huge fan favorite. They think they're they're scared of him leaving in free agency.
1: Like Caruso well, or worse.
4: Yeah, but say, didn't they do this exact same thing with Caruso a few yeah, years yeah, ago? Yeah.
2: yeah, this is yeah, he's the Caruso replacement. Yeah,
1: but let me ask More you votes than Garland. Uh, like, I want to yeah. switch
4: I want to switch gears just a little bit away from All-Star, but it's still shea related. So Shea Gilgis Alexander out with a non-COVID illness mm-hmm. in an absolute shellacking. Of the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics who followed up that game by dominating the Mavericks last night. They yeah. were on a seven-game winning streak. Yeah. So just to say, you know, like. tell
2: how you they're know. They're
4: not just, yeah, they're not the magic. Yeah. <laughs> whom The next night, with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the Thunder absolutely lay an egg. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not really doing this correlation thing, but what are you saying this? No, 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 no. no. I'm trying to think of like, so you get your best player back. How, how does this team, and I get it. I think there's a legitimate, that's a hard back-to-back flying across the country, you know, earlier game the next day. Like it wasn't even 24 hours. between. Now these are young dudes. Like they, it should be okay, but. I can understand that there's some fatigue that maybe sets in a little bit. But how do they look so starkly different in those two games? Michele, I'd love to get your opinion on that.
1: I think that one is uh, a bit of fatigue. We have to we have to say it. They, uh, it. It's common when you have adrenaline pumping in up to maybe 5 a.m. Uh, the day after. I mean, they had a great win. Uh, I imagine that that flight was full of uh, I mean adrenaline for everyone. Um, You arrive in Orlando, you sleep very little, and then you go to an Orlando team that can play very well. And last night, or two nights ago, I think that they played a very aggressive game, especially defensively. I mean, Markel Fools was picking up Shea uh, one-on-one. And, and and steal ball from him. So yeah. it, it, they, they prepared. They were ready. And Paolo made a few baskets that were really killing. Um, but to me, the most important thing is that if you look at the Celtics, they don't have imposing physical presence. The only guy that was using physicality was Jayden Brown. Mm-hmm. And if it's just one guy, you can probably get away, especially if you can play well when that, when that guy is not on the court. Um, they, they could play... Kenrich against Orford because Horford doesn't like to 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 be a bully down there. Orlando used all the physicality they, they had and used it well from the beginning. Yeah. The rebounding department is such an important thing when you I mean you can gang rebound uh, on most nights when you have comparable sides on the other side. Um, but it's taxing. I mean, if you look at the games that OKC lost during the season. A lot of them are against front line that are physically imposing. I mean, against Philly, they couldn't stand a chance because they couldn't control rebounds. They couldn't control pace. So I think that this is extremely, extremely important. And Orlando played into that quite a lot uh, and they played well. I mean, it's not that they lost against Orlando against a team that was, was shooting the ball poorly. They shot, I think, 39% from, from uh, three and 51 from two. So Orlando played a really great game, and on top, they were more physical.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
4: and the Thunder were making that run in the fourth quarter and towards the end of the third in to start the fourth, and you're right. Paulo just hit some unbelievable backbreaking shots. Uh, and then, yeah. you know, like, I, I think that... So I was excited whenever I saw the starting lineup, just full disclosure against the Celtics, except for the fact that I didn't notice that Shea was not in the starting lineup. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think as long as Poku's out, and I I mean, I just, I think, why not just go as small as humanly possible? Like, I loved the Kenrich-Wiggins lineup for this team to start and i know that some teams will punish you for that uh i don't know so whenever i saw Jay will getting the minutes which Jay will's fine like he's fine he's a rookie he's a i mean he's not really fine he's, he's
2: just not he's not very good right now
4: yes that's maybe what i was meaning but i was not going to be
2: quite as mean but <laughs> he was decent against boston yeah, it's not uh, bad. Yeah, he's I mean, everybody played well against Boston. Like every yeah. every single thing worked except for Darius Baisley against Boston.
1: That's the wah, truth. Wah, wah.
4: I would so Andrew, I was there too. I didn't know Andrew was there. We would have hugged in the Where hallways are you or something, but uh I was in uh was a courtside, it's no big deal, it's fine, it's fine. No, I was uh in 20, 223 or something okay. like that, so middle okay. section. It was awesome. It was a great game. We got to see a dude hit a half court shot for twenty thousand dollars, which was awesome. But uh, you could just he feel a this amazing
1: doing it, it was
4: like, it, he, he, wow, he's one of those guys when you're watching because the way they do it, if you're unfamiliar is not you, but anybody that watches is they do uh, free throws. So whoever wins the most free throws or makes the most free throws then gets to shoot the half-court shot. And you're watching this guy, and it's it, just be real. He's not the most athletic-looking dude in the universe, but you could see when he's shooting these free throws, you're like, hmm, he knows how to shoot the ball. Yeah. he made like seven to the other guy's three or something. and Yeah. That half-court shot was like, oh, has he been training for this? Yeah. He's wearing
2: a frontwards <laughs> hat. It was perfect. <laughs> hey, I wear frontwards hats. No, but to shoot a basketball, you shoot a front. You wear no. a frontwards hat. No, 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 no. no, I mean, you're right. if you're gonna yeah. shoot the ball, you're gonna turn it backwards, right? Seriously, depends yeah.
1: on the lighting. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he was just afraid that the um, the lights of the stadium could have could mess with. No, him he's the shot. just I
2: mean, he was just a baller. Like he just stepped up. He swished that thing, and yeah. then just like,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, twenty k. He, 20K, he not nothing.
4: It. No, it, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch the the players' reactions. Yeah. Because obviously, like, they're probably at least out of the corner of their eyes, especially the guys that aren't on the floor at that time, like Chet, Poku, Mike, where I could tell they were watching it. Yeah. And when he hit it, you could... Because the crowd goes banana Like, the loudest, maybe... Well, not that game, but in some games, it's the loudest they would be for the entire game.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And But you could see them all kind of, like, peering over to kind of see what happens smiles on a few of their faces like i don't know it's it's just, it was a fun night
2: yeah it was an unbelievable yeah. night
1: by the way the most unbelievable moment i mean it, it's it's just a stupid thing but allow me to say it i was listening to the um celtic uh celtics telecast as yeah. always i mean i i, I really try to, to to listen to Scal because i think he's so funny yeah, it's so um funny. there was not the regular guy there Uh, It was another guy that I don't recall the name I apologize to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and he was basically asking, you know, Skarl, Boston is playing really well right now uh, in these last few minutes of the game. I know that they are down 30. but Can you really translate this uh, and and, uh, transport this to the next game? He was saying, no. I mean, (laughs) no. (laughs) He just said, like, yeah, I mean, you can say, wow, I'm playing good, but it's... I'm down thirty. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, he was not having it. He a, was laughing so hard. He was trying to be so positive. Because no, no, <laughs> like, no, no, not. It will this. not carry over.
2: You don't want this to carry over. No, you don't want this. The stink of this game to carry over. Yeah, um, yeah. The Orlando game too. Orlando hadn't played since Friday, so like they had like a crazy long rest <laughs> period where they're at home. I mean, they had all the energy. They, and they they also, they're also like a man down because of the suspensions. And there's something like psychologically, I think, that happens with NBA teams when they know that they have guys down. It happened against Boston with the Thunder. It's like, you just, all right, like, let's step, like, you just take it up another notch. And then I felt like when Shea came back, not only were they fatigued, but like, oh, Shea's back. They all, it felt like they all took themselves down a notch because, like, like, the, the physicality that they played with against Boston, just like the constant pressure that they were putting offensively yeah. and defensively on the Celtics, like, was it? They just didn't let up. And that did not happen against Orlando yeah. for, I think, a variety of reasons. But
1: yeah, can I say yeah, something I, about the, the ahead, way yeah. in which they played? Yeah. To begin with, it was awesome. It was Shea moving around, everybody was moving around like they did with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And. I think that this is the way in which Degnold wants them to play, no doubt. even when Shay's on the court. Mm-hmm. I know that it, that it's easy to to give the ball to Shea, surround him with shooters. And that works. I mean, if you have Isaiah Joe, if you have Lindy Waters, if you have shooters all around, it works. But it's so much different when they play that way. When Shea is active in moving, screening, uh, moving away from the ball, getting it back. and and they can play it this way even when he's on the court and he can be the finishing um touch to that unit anyway uh i just i just want to see that more and i think that they are starting to get into the groove uh, of that even with shay on the court which is extremely important because chat will elevate this quite a lot yeah and so to see that they are starting to to shift towards that even when shay on the court it's it's a welcome sign it doesn't last because at, at some point when Shay sees the deficit going up he tends to say okay let me get to my bread and butter and it works mm-hmm. <laughs> but i think that when they play that way they are much more dangerous
4: yeah 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 and you can see Shay also developing like who are the guys he trusts uh which is something we always saw with russ is like who will he pass the ball to and who won't he pass the ball to uh, but Isaiah Joe is clearly the guy that Shea probably trusts the most. Uh, and Wiggins, I think, is another one. But I I remember one play against the Magic where Shea gets all the way to a spot, right? Gets underneath, but uh, they've got Wendell Carter's there, Paolo's there, like. And that's the thing is their front court is pretty formidable. Like those two guys are really good. Like both of those guys, anyway. But so he gets to the basket and he's going up, and there's, you know, the lanes kind of, and maybe it was Mo Bamba, too, who can, you know, is long at least. And his, he makes this weird, really bad pass, but it somehow gets there. And he's the first person he tries to find on that play, other guys in more convenient spots. And he gets it to Joe, you know, it's just who's the guy he trusts the most. And, and Joe's proven, I mean, he's earned that reason, right? Like he's earned that respect. He's the guy I probably trust the most now shooting the ball. His game against Boston was absolutely incredible. I do think, and I know you all alluded to this on Wednesdays, I, it's hard for me to see Joe not a part of this future squad in some sense. Uh, how many minutes he gets down the line, I don't know, but he brings a skill set that you clearly have lacked as a team for ever.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, a forty-five percent shooter that has actual mobility on his hips. This has never been done in you know, OKC. Maybe Kmart uh, <laughs> yeah. was the yeah the closest thing. Yeah, um, K-Mart with couldn't dunk dunk set, like, of course. couldn't
2: dunk like Isaiah did the other night. <laughs> yeah, that was bananas.
1: No, but the point is that I mean they are using lineups where they are playing both Waters and Joe. Yeah, I mean that's why I think okay if if you if you get another shooter. Then Joe will still have his place, and he's not terribly bad defensively. I mean, of course he's not the guy that you put on Luca, but they even switch him on 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 guys like Tatum and Brown without having too much fear. Like I think they're. I mean, I don't want to say that he is a long-term starter or anything because I think that it's not that level. Yeah. But to to see him as a 8 ninth man rotation even. In postseason, you you need guys like that. You need this the Seth Curry kind of guy that comes off the bench, hits a few bombs, especially against a certain uh, certain defenses, and and open opens up things for you.
2: Yeah, it's when this team is fully healthy, and I draft somebody else next year. I just think it's going to be tough. Like it's going to be probably him or Trey. It's like who's going to make it. Because they're going to – they obviously want to have size for position too as a part of what they're building, and neither one mm-hmm. of those guys have it. So I just find it hard to believe that, like, when this team is done, that they're going to have two guards that are small for their position that are going to play minutes. You know what I mean? So I think if either – of I mean, neither of them may make it, you know, when it comes down to it because – This next year, they have their own pick. And then the following year, they could have as many as four first-round picks. And then it's like, okay, maybe you don't take four guys. Maybe you do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then guys that we really like that are on the roster today aren't going to make the cut when it comes down to it. So I'm... Curious to see how it all plays out, but there will be guys that we talk about this season as like, oh, they could be this, they could be that, they could be the future, they could be that are just not going to make it strictly because there aren't enough roster spots to bring all these guys in. And I still think that in the 24 draft, the Thunder will be trending up, but we'll still welcome young players to the roster. Sure. Um, so no, I, think, I completely agree I think it feels I just good wonder today but I'm just I'm curious to see how it all plays out
1: I just wonder if you I mean in the current roster I mean I would just play smaller and try to play a guy like Joe compared to playing guy like guys like Jerry j will you yeah know, like just just play with chat play smaller uh don't play muscala play some play Poku uh, and and you're already like three guys down. Mm. Then there's Basley, like so. That's why I mean, I don't know if it's going to be in seven years, but for the next two, three, uh, I mean, he's cheap.
2: Yeah, certainly he's for next year. Crazy yeah, he good.
1: Like forty-six percent from three. It's insane.
2: Yeah, it feels like it's going to every time. You make room
1: for a guy. You make room for a guy like that. Yeah. Just for ten minutes. I agree. Just
4: Andrews. Just. He just wants theoretical guys with draft picks. It's just what he does. That's right.
2: That's what I do. Uh, Speaking of that, kind of, John Hollinger put out a sophomore ranking. He put out tiers. And so I thought we could go through that and uh, get your guys' opinion. There's a couple of Thunder players that make appearances in this article. So he has six tiers, the first tier is the underwhelming top four, which is Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham. You know, when I was reading it at first glance, I was like, okay, if Giddy Giddy's not a part of that group, like I can stomach that. That's fine. Although, no. You could argue that Giddy has been better than Barnes and even Jalen Green, who has shot so poorly this year and plays. Zero defense. But whatever. I can I'm okay with that. Let's go to the next group. Trending up. He's gotta be in this group, right? Like Josh Giddy, he's played an he's played great. He shot the ball efficiently for him. He has rebounded like a maniac. His passing is still elite. And defensively, there's some stuff to be desired, but he's playing a physical, more physical branded defense than he did last year like he's getting better. He's got to be trending up, right? Let's look at the list. Franz Wagner. One, Franz Wagner should be in the first group. Like don't don't do that. Like this is weird. Number 2. And I do
1: number 1 or number 2.
2: Yes, Franz Wagner. I mean, Franz has been the, has the best be player in this class. There. Like he's been the yeah. best player in this class, full stop, the end. Evan Mobley's was great defender, but what? Like Evan doesn't bring a ton as an offensive player. So like give me what Franz Wagner brings on the offensive end. Plus, like he's not a bad defender either. Um, Franz Wagner in the second group. Weird. Alperin Shangun, who if you're paying attention, the ro- their rookie big man got so mad at Shangun. So, so, so mad at Shangun. Jabari Smith Jr. yelling at the bench. Take his blank out. Because he's not playing defense, it was like three possessions in a row where the defense—he is not only is he disengaged defensively, he's bad. Like he's just bad, and so he's
1: getting better, Andrew. You're not paying attention.
2: Lies. From zero to
1: zero point one is actual improvement. Yeah, on a scale from zero to ten.
2: Yeah, no, I, he stinks. He's terrible. He's a horrible defender. And as a big man, you just can't be this bad. You can't be this bad as a big and play no, play as a starter. Oh, okay. I mean he's uh he's in his canter part part two is what is what Shangun is is heading toward. Anyways, trending up, I think okay, fine. He's been a Shangun guy since the beginning. He had Shangun ranked really high in his in his uh, mock draft before the okay, fine. He's played pretty well offensively. Still can't shoot, but, like, whatever. You go, Trey Murphy. Okay, all right, fine. Like, yeah, he's been good. That's good. He's a role player for the Pelicans. The Pelicans are really good. He's shooting the ball really well. His defense has gotten better. Yeah, okay, whatever. You get to name number four. Santi Aldama. Oh, my gosh. Like, can we be more smart guy NBA right now? Like, can we be more smart guy like, Santi's been good. Yes, I'll, I admit it. He's been good. It's been fun to watch for Memphis. He's big. He makes really cool passes. He does all kinds of cool stuff. But trending up, okay, let's see. Wait, the list is over? That's it? For trending up? No one else is trending up. Oh my gosh, what's the next group called? Group three is called Treading Water. Treading Water? First name of the group. It's Josh Giddy, Treading Water. Okay. Um
1: yeah.
4: well and I'm the challenge is is the way he the way Hollinger which he's like the maybe the most brilliant mind in the history of NBA writers and so it's hard to like throw shots at him. He's obviously a Shangun guy and not apparently a giddy guy. But the you way know, he writes IJ. he tupel writes tupel the IJ. the way he writes about Giddy, it's like there's nothing treading water about the way he writes about Giddy.
2: I know. It's maddening. I'm
4: like, the way he writes this, it's like he should be up one level. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But whatever. I mean, yeah. I think there's some validity to the fact of, like, he has to figure out how to play. And he says it right here. Giddy also needs to be a ball dominant to be effective, which is not always great when he pushes Shea off the ball. He's been better about that. At least it seems that way as of late. Um, but I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, especially when you're like, let's not get too pessimistic. There's been no capital B breakout, which I mean, like two triple doubles as a rookie. Plus, I mean, the game in Madison Square Garden seems like a breakout game. The game against Boston was a breakout game, but you know, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah.
1: Jay, are you actively looking right now at the stats or not? I was. Oh, okay. I just want to uh, make a little quiz. Can you name how many players, um, rookies, are shooting better than Josh Giddy from three? From the Rookies or head? sophomores? Uh, sophomores, sorry, in this class.
4: Shooting better than Josh Giddy from the three point
2: line of this class. Yeah.
1: And they are on a tier above him in Hollinger's rating.
2: And they're I mean, at a, a tier above him?
1: Mm-hmm.
4: My bet is Trey Murphy.
1: Great. He's shooting 41.6%.
4: And compared
1: to Josh Kiddy thirty three point seven.
4: Yeah. So Trey Murphy and I don't think Cade. Cade? I don't know what Cade's shooting. Nope. Cade is shooting
1: bad.
4: 27.9%. Whoa. Uh no, this is this is good. Probably the guy from Memphis, whatever his name is.
1: Aldama, yes. Um, I think, but barely 35.8. And there's another one which is not the best scotty, rookie on this not, class
4: okay oh yeah franz, franz. yeah yeah
1: so jalen green 32.5 uh Cade, 28 almost scotty barnes 28.9 shangun 20 mobley 22. um and if you look at the percentage from the field yes shangun and mobley are playing better are, are having better percentage but they are big men um rebounding wise i think he is top two behind mobley um as yeah. wise i think i can't scroll the page so i don't know but it, it will be likely in the top three so to me it, it's just nonsensical to say that a guy is trending waters when when he's clearly in the top five of this class and i know that he's not improving from last year too much but to me this is the whole point had josh giddy played the entire season last year he would have been probably top three in rookie of the year voting.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: he was having a crazy good season for a terrible team, yes. Um, and his numbers are turning up. Yeah. Like, all the numbers, except for the assist, which is something that we discussed many times, they're asking him to play a different role. And he's doing that. And he has less chances uh, to pass the ball because the, the offense has introduced more passers. Like, there are more initiators. J-Dub is one of them. Shea is one of them. So, um I mean, Trey Mann and Lou Dort are initiating offense yeah. uh, for for, for well, Thunder. Well, and
2: he also wrote that, like, he needs to have the ball to be the Like, that's just not true. Like, he's proven over the course of the last, like, 20 games that he doesn't have to have the ball and that a part of his, like, assist going down is him working within the system of what Mark Degnot wants to do. And him being willing to do that as a guy who's picked six in the draft, who thinks of himself as a point guard, but has made himself really kind of a, like ultimate connector piece for this Thunder team and rebounds like crazy. And the shooting improvement is real. It's not like that is a giant jump. Six plus percentage points from three is a huge jump. And Alex... Uh, said it yesterday or on Wednesday that if you take away the first four games of the season, you shooting like 36% from three. So where's the
1: past 15 games? It's 42% and 90% from the free throw line. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely bananas.
2: (laughs) There is a jump there. And so it's just like ignoring that, ignoring all of that stuff. It's fine. And and I like John. John's great. Like, John is extremely smart. He knows way more about basketball than I will ever know. And is like, he's, I mean, he invented PER. He worked for the Grizzlies. Like, the dude knows what he's talking about. Um, But this is wrong. (laughs) Like, this ranking is wrong. So it's okay. We're all wrong sometimes. And this is, I mean, this is just, it's, and this is just wrong. To say he's treading water is wrong. To put him and Kaminga, I mean, think about the season that Jonathan Kaminga has had, where he's played. he's he's hurt now, but he's played well recently, like within the last ten games, but was in and out of like getting DNPs, you know, the first part of the season when they were healthy. Like Josh never had a DNP. Like Josh never didn't josh hadn't even come off the bench and it's not like the warriors have like a much much better record than the thunder and all this stuff and he's contributing to winning basketball i mean that's that's also not true about the warriors and jonathan kaminga and davion mitchell but you put him in the same category as Corey kispert and cory great Corey is a is a nice player he's gonna be a good role player but, to, like, have him in the same tier as those other three is just, it's nonsensical. It's just not, you're not paying attention. And it's okay. You don't have to pay attention to the Thunder and everything that they do. Like, you don't have to do that. But, and
1: where is Bones Highland, by the way? I, I stopped the article at Giddy. I just,
2: listen, Bones is not, he's not on the list at all, which also, like, I would be going berserk if I were a what? Nuggets fan. I'd be going like- absolutely. Berserk,
1: Bones is shooting forty-one percent on six point two attempts from three,
2: and he's just an absolute, oh one of the best in the, in the he's an Absolute like. delight, just a delight of a person needs to be on this list. He's not on the list, <sighs> and, you know. And Trey Mann's in the next group, trending dot dot dot. Not up. Um, it's just fine. That's fine. That's it's that's that's right. Like, yes, he's in the same group as Jalen Suggs, Zaire Williams, Chris Duarte, Moses Moody, and Jalen Johnson. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, all those guys have struggled this year in pockets. Yeah. So, yes, that's fine. Even though, like, Trey has looked so much better since he's come back from the G League. But, like, you can't – like, that can't be your judgment, you know, on No. his season. Well, uh, I will say this, like – he's in the He's in group six.
4: Which is called "Why are you even on a team?" That's his A
1: <laughs> Second round pick uh, that are making work. Yeah, the uh,
4: group six is called "Go ahead and die." You know. Yeah. Why do you even exist? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny when I'm the thinking about Trey. Man, like the 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 luxury that the Thunder have to be able to um, utilize their their G League or their is it G League? What is it called now? yeah yeah g league. League. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did it used to be called b d league. league i don't know d, d League. D. so g so but to be able to use that in this kind of like i don't know almost reset way for guys like trey that's huge like i know it's yeah. it, sending him to vegas for the showcase and all those different things like you could see a like dramatic difference yeah just when he got his confidence back now for trey's he's If he wants to last in this league, especially with this team going forward, he has to figure out, like, that's not an option next year, in my opinion. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't get to go to the G League and have to figure your life out. Like, dude, you've got to find confidence from somewhere else. You either got to shoot your way through it, or you just got to forget the bad games. He just got so out of rhythm where it was like there were games where he, maybe it was the Houston game, he looked like he didn't belong in the NBA and it's like you can't utilize the G league in your future to reset your game. Like I love that the Thunder could do that this year and that's what happened to Poku. <coughs> excuse me, Poku last year. Uh, but just like with Poku, there's a time where it's like if Poku would have had to go down to the G league to be ready to play uh this yep. year we would have been dramatically concerned
2: about yeah. him. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's a credit to trade too that he didn't take it as like oh my gosh, yeah so bad that i have to go here yeah it can also
4: be a detriment that's real
2: man and good on him and good on i mean it's it's probably all about like the way that sam and mark and everybody frame it for him you know and so it's it's a testament to like the organization and to trey that he was able to actually get his confidence back by going down to the g League. and
4: surely a guy like trey can recognize like yeah I am clearly not myself,
2: yeah, yeah. and to recognize that and to improve and to find a way to lock back in, like that's a sign of there's it's a sign of maturity like that's
4: yeah that's and when I it. watch Trey, and I know this is probably putting too much expectations on him, but if there's a guy that I see as having the most maybe not the most but one of the most dramatic impacts on this team if he develops consistency from the three-point line it's hard for me to see past Trey yeah his ability to get the shot he wants when he wants it I mean on the team there's maybe nobody but Shea that can do it and even on step backs Trey's I mean he's elite at that level now he doesn't finish so he's the guy like so when I'm watching the magic game and I'm like man it's the offense just got in this like slog you know and Trey comes out I'm like where Trey has the potential maybe more than anybody else on the team is to be the guy that comes in as the spark plug and changes the dynamic of a game now he has to get consistent he has to start shooting like he should be shooting on high volume. 38 to 40% at minimum. And he's so far away from that, but he could be because he has that ability to dominate the ball in the game in a way that can get the shot he wants. Like he's the guy that I think could be an X factor for the future of this franchise, but he has to develop and it's really challenging to see and believe that that's going to be his path. But it's, he shows flashes that you're like, Oh my gosh, if you can figure out how to be consistently that you're a game-changer for this team. So,
1: I think that you you said it perfectly, and I want to add just that he needs to diversify a little bit more the way in which he impacts the game offensively because for every um, pull-up tree that he takes, there could be a spot-up tree or something like this that the, the offense can create for him, and this will help him having better results um i think that the games in which he's balanced in this he takes as many spot ups um, compared to the guy that wants he takes off the dribble are the best games um he needs to be a complete offensive player and and i mean in the orlando game had that jumper went in against Terrence ross i mean that was a moment
2: yeah it would have been
1: ross was just going bananas like it was just okay i'm out and he just missed the jumper mm-hmm. and he is not missing badly i mean if you look at the misses that he has are just in and out in and out all the time yeah so i just think that um he has to do it at certain point but i would not let it go soon because there is time there and, and, and against certain kind of events you can argue that though there is nobody that can really keep keep up with him like he can just take a switch and pull up against anybody from anywhere, and that is a skill that you need to you need to take into consideration and try to develop as much as you can. Um, yeah. But but yeah, yeah, it has to go in. It can go in at this percentage.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's totally right. Uh, okay. Shout out to John Hollinger. Go read his piece at theathletic.com slash down to dunk. Get it for $1 a month for six months. Seriously, uh, shout out to John. I like John. Uh, terrible ranking for Giddy. But, you know, we all make mistakes. It's just, it's just the nature of, of life. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take some Twitter questions. And we're back. After that quick break, it's time for some Twitter questions.
3: Twitter questions. You've got questions and you ask them on Twitter. Now we answer them for you.
2: First, Twitter question comes from the Slim Shay D. As the team gets closer to go time, could the type of player that Presti looks for change? Do you think that he could switch to drafting an elite shooter like Grady Dick? Now that we have several high ceiling, multi-skilled project guys who have fewer needs to fill. Kelly, what are your thoughts? Part
1: of me wants to say yes to this, uh, especially if the alternatives are um, guys that where the skill set overlaps a bit too much with what you already have. Um, I think that shooting is clearly something that uh, the the current front well, the current the front office um, is is valuing a lot because um, I mean there is potential of shooting in almost every prospect that the OKC takes, if you don't look at Giddy, um, yeah. which didn't have, who did, didn't have potential back then. Um, I think that having guys that can uh, impact the game in multiple ways is something that will be always important. It doesn't have to be necessarily being a pass-first guy. I don't think that passing is the only way in which you can impact the game and make decisions, um, but you need to have skills. You need to be able to process the game at a certain level. I think that I would look for, yes, shooting, but also physicality, brute force. You need a guy that impacts the game with force, uh, especially uh, on the like wing slash center, especially if you can play two roles, it would be better. Yeah. Like if you can find a guy that is, again, a disruptor, and understand able to play a certain brand of basketball, then I mean that's that's the goal to me.
4: Yeah I don't know what to think about this man. (laughs) I I want I think that I think that we are clearly seeing and and Mikelli you're I mean that's exactly what you said is you're seeing that presti's you can't really evaluate Presti's current draft strategy on the past draft strategy um he's he's looking for different guys does everybody can do everything I think you're right about getting something different and that's what I'm wondering having just one pick this draft like it'd be I think if you could have your druthers you would rather have the four in 2023 and the one in 2024 uh I mean that's pretty simple to say yeah it'd be tight to have Houston's if it goes to four in this draft you know uh, versus next year or five, whatever it's protected, top three or top four. But I'm like, it will be in, interesting to see, do you start taking gap guys, guys that fill a need that's there? Like, are you looking for your power forward of this next, you know, somebody that can bring some of that, what JRE is on another level kind of thing or, I'm I'm more probably in the place where I want shooting just because I'm so nervous about the way the team was that it makes me nervous about what it will be again. Because if shooting's a deficiency in this league today, you're just gonna not ever achieve your possibility, especially looking at how good Shea and Giddy will be if they're surrounded by good shooting in almost every other position. So it is hard. Like I do like the idea of a guy like Grady Dick, but uh, Jason Stewart in the comments, he's a KU fan and he says he's watched quite a few of the games and he'd be surprised because of uh, Grady's inefficiency or or lack of uh, ability on the defensive end, which makes sense. Um, I think we've always watched those Duncan Robinson kind of guys and be like, man, if the Thunder could have that. But I don't know if a guy that doesn't play defense gets to play with Mark.
2: He's not as bad as Duncan.
4: I don't Defensively know. Defensively, you
2: mean? Yeah. Playmaker. Yeah. He's a better playmaker than Duncan Robinson is too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how the the Thunders see him. He's not a stopper by any stretch of the imagination. But I think he could be passable. And he's he's big. You know, for a he way is big. six seven. Yeah. He's got really no. good size. McKellie and I are talking about him on the Dream Team Draft show tomorrow.
1: And you can tell who made his own work and who didn't up to now. So
2: <laughs> I don't know. I I, I actually kind of like him more than I thought. I, honestly, more than I thought I would. Because I... Yeah. No. But I, he's also somebody that you... If you have the six pick, you're not taking him at six.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because there's other yeah. there's a lot of other guys. In particular Anthony Black, who is what the Thunder stop have been it. after for the last Just several years. It. But listen, here's here's the reason why I don't think that you changed. Jay, are you okay? Jay's in the dark. He looks like a, yeah, looks, like he a, blacked a out. He looks like a painting of Jay. Um, here's the reason why I don't think they change a whole lot about what the strategy has been is what they've done is that they try to take guys that have good size for their position and guys that have a high potential. And you don't take a you just don't take a role player in the top five of a draft. You know, I think I mean that's why the Thunder didn't take Jabari Smith Jr. in the last draft. Is that he's not a decision maker, he's not a ball handler. And you look at every star, look at almost everybody that got all-star votes aside from Lakers and Warriors and Nets guys. Everybody else is a ball handler and a decision maker. Yeah. And that's what you know we're looking for. I mean, you look up and down, even in the front court. Look at all the front court guys in the Western Conference. LeBron, Jokic, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, Paul George even Larry Markkinen, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard. Like, those are the big guys. Those are the bigs for the All-Star team. Like, all ball handlers, decision makers. Like, even Draymond Green. Like, Draymond is not a shooter, but what is he? He's a decision maker. He makes that offense churn. Like, those are the guys. Like, even the the East All-Stars outside of Nick Claxton, it's – KD, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam. What do all those guys have in common? Ball handlers, decision makers. All of them. And those are the big guys. It's not role players. And if you're trying to find somebody in the draft that's going to make one of those teams one day, if you're drafting somebody in the top 10, your hope is, Man, I hope they can be an all star one of these days. It's not just a Duncan Robinson type of guy. It's not just a shooter. Like those guys don't make the all star team. Like the last guy that made the all star team that was just that was, I guess, Kyle Korver.
1: Yeah, you can you, know? you can say that the best version of that is Clay. But even Clay has developed some yeah, insane of- ball skills.
2: Yeah, and he's a great defender. Like Clay Clay is a multi skilled player. He's not just a shooter. Um, He's
4: also on the greatest team in the last twenty years. Yeah, he yeah.
2: also has had the ride of his life playing with Steph Curry, who has made his life so so easy.
1: Yeah, but but he is not inter- I would say absolutely. We know. I we know. Completely agree. Yeah.
4: Um, and you don't know what Clay is. You don't. It's hard. This is the what if, but it's like what is Clay if if the Thunder did trade for him, which that's not a good one, but or if he goes to the what Wizards if the Ke- or the, goes the Kevin the, Love trade happens, Or the wolves, Kevin Love yeah, goes, he goes to, to the, the Wolves,
2: yeah. He's not, Kane we don't, he doesn't make the Hall of Fame. He's not the guy that we think of. Maybe, I don't know. I, yes, I mean, he's good, a good player, but like to make the Hall of Fame, you have to win. And if you're on yeah, the Timberwolves, yeah. you don't win.
1: Maybe he has a Kevin Martin like yeah. career. Yeah. Like where he's a great two guard that um, can average 20, 25.
2: Yeah. But,
1: yeah. And Clinton, I, I agree maybe. that alone, he, does, he doesn't put your team where it should be. But him being in, in uh, with the Warriors um, yeah. is an integral part of them being so great. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's why you—that's why you look at guys like, I mean, Scoot and Wembenyama are like on a tier of their own. It's fine. Yeah. Like that's this is why like the Thompson twins are getting so much attention. Like they can't shoot a lick, but they both are ball handlers, decision makers. You know, this is why. Anthony Black is getting a lot of attention is because he's a ball handler and decision maker, you know. This is why like the Thunder should not take Casey Wallace, you know, who's like a short, can can make a decision here and there, but he's not like high level. Brandon Miller.
1: Let's try to intercept something about Brandon Miller.
2: Yeah, Brandon Miller's interesting, can really shoot it. Don't know yeah. if he's a ball handler, decision maker. He's got a little bit of of juice. He's not hopeless.
1: No, he's not hopeless. He he knows what to do. He attacks. He's just not physical. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyways, well,
4: this is a great. This is a great time to just dream team draft show. If you're not subscribing, you're missing out on the best localized draft coverage <laughs> across okay. the entire market. That's
1: right. I'm glad that you said localized. I was gonna say that localized. I was gonna say after you said yeah, the if best. You're looking I was for
4: like, Oklahoma City Thunder draft takes. There is nowhere to go. There better. you go than dream team <laughs> there
2: you go uh okay this is from Winskill 1969 how is choosing dumb feeling at this point in the season Jay uh wrong person so I I cannot
4: I just physically cannot choose dumb uh because this team has not allowed me to do so yeah when you score 150 points, And I know Boston didn't, blah, 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 all those different things. It's still 150 points in an NBA game where everybody looked like they were incredible, except for Basley. So (laughs) when you're watching this game, it makes the Thunder have lost to the Pistons, the Rockets, the Hornets, and the Magic. They shouldn't lose those games. So it's hard to choose dumb. Whenever you're like, you see the top end of this team, and it's you all have nailed it all season long, where it's like you can game by game determine your excitement level for one direction or the other. It's like magic game, awesome. Look at this, man. Cause those four games I just talked about, they're gonna come in real handy when it comes to us being the four, three or two, you know, in the reverse standings. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, they play they beat Boston. Maybe, maybe this is the team. Maybe we get one or two peripheral pieces, and here we go. We're going to be in the playoffs next year. You know, it's like, it's the most, and I don't use this term, like, I'm not trying to use this term and belittle it because it's a real thing, but it does feel like almost that bipolar. Like, yeah, you can process every other game. Once again, not making little of a genuine mental health. Uh, thing but yeah. it's how it feels watching this team so I can't choose dumb because every other game I'm elated and then completely frustrated I don't have the ability to watch that magic game or the ugliest game of the year in my opinion which is the well second Charlotte. Rockets number one that Sixers game oh, was Sixers. uglier than the the which I get <sighs> it it's the Sixers but on New Year's Eve it's like there's I no, can't there's no my, juice
2: there's no there's nothing didn't, to
4: them I didn't do anything on New Year's Eve, and I would rather have done nothing than go to that game. Mm -hmm. Because it was the Thunder didn't even show up. Yeah, it was rough. You know, so it's like when you watch that, you're like, it's impossible for me to not be frustrated. And then, so then I have to shift my perspective. Okay, well, you know, they're still going to get a top five draft pick, which would be really what you want to do anyway. Speaking of, I did Tankathon twice. Yeah. And they got the third pick two different times, back-to-back. That'd be
2: great. So, I'm in Thompson. Let's go. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Hey, tune into the Saturday Slayman Jam today, dropping later this morning, where we talk to Sam Vicini and discuss wow. the draft, discuss the rookie class. It's a very, very fun show. Very, very fun show. So, uh, check that out. Uh, we'll do a couple more questions, and then we will get out of here. At Alex underscore Bullerjack. If you could sign a shoe deal with any shoe company, don't limit yourself, any Shoe company, who is it? And what color is your signature color?
4: Man, that's a great question. Number one, shout out to Alex Bolerjack. He uh, passed us, I think, commercial real estate it's true. license test. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah. Big shouts. If you're looking for commercial property. Alex is your guy. That's right. Uh, I have, I don't know why, actually true. <laughs> So historically, I would have been a Nike person, yeah, and I feel like I've become such an old man where I'm like, probably
2: Hoka, yeah. Wow, he's got him. Wow, nice. I that's what I'm like. It's the most. They're maybe pretty. I'm crazy about this. They're trendy if you're in your 30s and that's 40s. What I'm yeah, yeah. For older people, yeah. these
4: are your shoes. Yeah. Next up is my Skecher, uh, my Skechers. <laughs> oh no, Crocs, Crocs. Although those are really yeah. popular, too. Those but I'm popular. a Nike guy, man. I've always been a Nike guy. I don't know about color. I used to always just wear black shoes. Yeah. Like basketball shoes. Yeah.
2: Mikele? I mean, I've I've been
1: Nike, but then um, my brother sh- switched to Puma, and now I'm using them. Yeah. These are, like, aggressive in terms of looking. So I, I, I like them. I have one that is basically acid yellow uh, for running, which is um, – are quite uh, quite good so why not puma
2: yeah i'd probably be a vans guy if i could have uh any kind of shoe probably vans and i'm probably boring like black as well i always have at least one pair of vans going on in my rotation and i do like it's been a, such a change
4: where when i was trying to play basketball it was always like you tried to get neutral black white red if that was your team color or whatever but now it's like you can wear whatever color shoe you want. Like I love, mm. I think it's Lenny Waters has a pair of pink ones that he wears with all of his, uh, regardless of what yeah. the Thunder uniforms are. And I, I don't know. I like those. So yeah. I do like a little color in my shoes though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, last question from at Bangelope. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? McKelly, this is not a question for you. No. McKelly's not a peanut butter guy. At
4: all. Is that like an Italian thing or is that just a Michele thing?
1: No, it's it's not really common here. Uh, if I go to a regular store, they probably don't have peanut butter.
2: Isn't that weird? That's like so weird to me. No. Do you it's have not weird dried, to you, dried tomatoes to in <laughs> your stores? Do we have what?
1: Dried tomatoes?
4: Dried tomatoes. Yeah, yeah sure. Sun dried tomatoes? Sure.
1: Oh, I was trying to find something very <laughs> but... Yeah, man. Apparently We're American. Want... We have everything. Okay, uh, I'll, 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 try to, like good, I'll try another to. Except thing. for good
4: cheese, good cheese.
1: Okay, okay. I should have gone with
4: uh, that. But we probably also don't have, we have like sun-dried tomatoes that come in like packages or like some, you can find them, but they're more specialized when they're in oil, you mm-hmm. know, where you can get like a,
1: anyway. So I. I have them for lunch. lunch, that's why I ask. It's As an appetizer. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. And, yeah,
2: I am a I'm a crunchy man, on every like every in every way. Uh, I mean,
4: ideally for a PB and J, I probably would go creamy. But for the most part, I'm a crunchy man.
2: Yeah, I would go crunchy for a PB J. What about like on pancakes? Do You do peanut butter on your pancakes? Uh, yeah, I'll still do crunchy. Okay, all right. I, I'm I, I, don't, I
4: don't discriminate, man. I'll do so. Crunchy is basically peanuts. So it's okay. peanut butter with just like.
3: They shards. They didn't fully...
4: They shards didn't, of peanuts. Shards, shards. of peanuts. Okay. That's, that's how they advertise it. Shards.
1: <laughs> so they basically let the peanut be a little bit raw uh, and not finely grinded. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Okay. I
2: think they probably make the peanut butter and then throw the shards in later.
4: McKellie, we have we have stores that have machines. Machines that take peanuts and then mash them down into peanut butter for you in the store. Nice.
2: Also almonds. Almond butter.
1: What, why is it called peanut butter and not peanut oil? I don't know. We have oil from peanuts. We use it for Yeah, yeah we, have, we, have, we, have peanut we have peanut, oil, peanut too, oil too, but the butter that's is, is different. what
2: Chick-fil-A fries everything in. Yeah.
1: And what is the difference in the process? I would be curious.
2: Uh, butter. There's more butter in it, I think
1: oh they put
4: butter
2: it's more buttery they make it more. i don't
4: actually know if they put butter i have no they make idea. it more buttery
2: i think <laughs> is the way that they try to go about it is when they make it Somebody
4: put the, Jason Stewart said peanut shrapnel yeah that's shrapnel. what we like <laughs> yeah,
2: <that's good. laughs> oh my gosh uh okay thanks so much for listening enjoy your weekend let her play the wizards tonight i have zero predictions for that game because i have no idea how that's going to go. The Wizards have been unpredictable. The Thunder have been unpredictable. I have no clue. All I know is that I will see Josh Robbins in person tonight, which will be an absolute delight. Oh, glorious. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Can y'all do something live for me, please? Uh, We might have to. We might have to do something live. Gosh,
4: that makes me want to try to go
2: to the game. Yeah, you should come meet the Josh Robbins tonight. Uh, Thanks so much for joining. We will talk to you guys again on Monday.